1: Welcome back, Hawkeye fans, for another edition of the Hawkeye History Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. I am Hawkeye Nation publisher Rob Howe. Happy to be back with you guys and talking to a former Hawkeye about uh, what he's doing now, what he was doing when he was here in Iowa City, and kind of uh, the history and, and uh, some fun stories, we hope. And today's guest is former Iowa running back Albert Young. Um, Happy to be joined by Albert. I've known him uh, since back when I covered his recruitment. And uh, how are we doing today, Albert?
0: I'm doing well, Rob. Thanks for having me, man. Always good to catch up.
1: Yeah, it's good to, it's good to catch up and talk to you again, especially during just a kind of a crazy time in the world, and our country. And uh, kind of what's, what's what's your daily like now that uh, we're kind of all kind of locked up here and, and having to uh, kind of work from our homes?
0: Well, I mean, the outbreak is, is, you know, it's pretty it's pretty good out here. So, um, everything, obviously, everybody's on lockdown. I'm in the personal training now. I'm working with um, athletes and adults and things like that. So, business is put at a halt. So, it's really just preparing for when everything um, is a go and, you know, so you can hit the ground running, you know, work-wise. Uh, but just – you know, little stuff like that, working on that, and just staying locked down.
1: You're in New Jersey. Where Where in New Jersey are you?
0: Well, I live in Philly, um, okay. but back and forth from the two states. Uh, so, Philly, uh, right on the border of, you know, Jersey
1: there. We hear a lot about New Jersey, uh, more, I think, northern New Jersey and New York, how hard it's been hit by, by COVID. How uh-huh. are things in the, the Philly, South Jersey area?
0: Oh, it's pretty serious. I mean, I I have a family member who's in the hospital right now, as we speak, oh. who has it, and so it so it's a it's becoming more of a normal occurrence, uh, because um, you know you have friends that have family members passing away. So um, I would say the outbreak is pretty significant here.
1: Yeah, and you know? um, um, so uh. Your your immediate family, your mom and and other family uh, members. How are you kind of interacting with them? Is it a lot of phone calls and just trying to check up?
0: Yeah, that's it. Facebook, social media. My entire family's on that thing, twenty four seven. So I mean, aunts and uncles, you know, they're messaging every day and spamming you. So um, that that contact is always there.
1: You go. I mean for somebody who's in the field that you're in which is you know training people and being physical um mm-hmm. you got to be going stir crazy not having that interaction and not being able to to you know to work with people
0: well yeah definitely and I mean I have a passionate group of youth football players so you're constantly getting hounded by them and uh you know the you know parents you know they want to you know, see, see how soon we can get back to it. So yeah, it's time, you know, I'm anxious to get back to it, but you also understand this is a process and it's right. necessary. Yeah.
1: Um, We had a zoom meeting with uh, coach Doyle a couple weeks ago and he talked about, you know, the logistics of trying to, you know, a hundred plus players spread out around the country and trying to come up with training programs and, and, you know, mm. what, access do they have to to what facilities or home gyms or whatever I was walking Mm. in Iowa City yesterday and I saw a defensive end Joe Evans working out in the park um I just went I go on a daily walk just to to keep my sanity and he was just out there by himself working on pass rush moves and I you know it just kind of hit me I'm like wow these guys are probably all doing stuff like this around the country have you been able to kind of uh connect with your guys and, and the people that you train and try to try to guide them through this when they're working out by themselves.
0: Well, you know, you'll give consultation, uh it'll be it's more ideal to be there physically obviously, especially depending on the age group. because um, there's a lot of explaining, but yeah, you have to use the video chats and things of that nature. Uh but you know, training something like that, there's nothing like actually being there. Right. Yeah, that's um, right. you know. <laughs> <That's okay>. So, <laughs> Yeah, is that what he said?
1: <laughs> Coach Doyle said yeah. Somebody asked, like, I guess i just like you know him. He's like somebody asked, you know, where we take turns asking questions in the media on uh-huh. calls, and somebody says, like, how do you make up for not being with you in the <laughs> in the weight room, and you know, getting you know, uh, you know, instruction that way, and he just can't. He's like, you don't. He goes, there's, there, you cannot make up for that. You can't the in-person, you know, running, you know, what what you do a, a, as a team or, or whatever training you're doing in person, it's all going to be, it's all going to be lessened. It's all, it's going to be, it's not going to be as good when you, when you do it virtually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> you know, and, and with what I do, my guys, you know, they see that stuff right away. Uh, so, but what they can do is, You know, it's okay. Like if you have weights and things like that, you're all right. Like summer programs in college football, it, you know, you can train because you got your gyms open, but everybody's home with no equipment. Right. You know, and, you know, especially those college guys that are, you know, strong maxing out, there's only so much stuff around the house that's going to give them the work they need. So I I can, I can only imagine and it sucks for those guys because they're preparing for a season. Um, I mean, the only good thing is that everybody's going
1: through it at the same time, so yeah, it should all be even. Yeah, uh, Coach Boyle said they're going to try to win at this as well. They're going to try to put together the best program for Iowa, so Iowa comes out you, on the other side. But that's him, you you know, you, you definitely
0: can. Yeah. know. like I think teams teams um, are going to make separations during this time, and what guys are doing at home for sure. Yeah. Um, and what he has in place in the program, that's where Iowa can actually get a step on people because they actually teach us, you know. You know, I, I learned so much through that program. You know, I incorporate a lot of stuff in what I do. So those Iowa guys for sure know how to take things home and you know put a put a pro program together.
1: Let's kind of stay there, Albert. I will go back to I'm um, these things are anarchy. When I record these things, I, I have in my mind we'll do this stuff chronologically, but I kind of just want the conversation to flow as well. And um, okay. I, I know you've, you know, you were out at Colorado doing, you know, trying, you know, trying to get yourself your foot in the door for being an assistant football coach, and had some other opportunities. Uh-huh. I think Pittsburgh. You had told me you were uh, involved out there. Talk to us about that a little bit and how it led to what you're doing now.
0: Well, I mean, after coaching, I got in, I was in the sales. I was in medical device sales. Uh, and the reason for that was kind of jumping around, college football. You know, they saying you get hired, to get fired. So it was, at some point, I was like, I need to get into something else. Um, but after doing sales, I, I'm at where I'm at now. Just really just get back to my passion and do what I truly enjoy and love. Um, so that's really everything in a nutshell, like how I kind of went from there and transitioned to where I'm at.
1: What were your coaching experiences again? Let the listeners know kind of what uh, – you, So I you've talked to me before how tough it is to get into this business. I don't think – I think your story uh, really illustrates that for people, that it's not, hey, I want to coach, so I'm just going to go coach.
0: Uh-huh. Well, no, it's all about opportunity and really – you have to find the right staff that fits for you at the right time. Um, So it's definitely really all about the opportunity. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely a tough process. It's not like, you know, everybody thinks, oh, you just get in. No, it's very difficult to get in. And guys, you know, usually have a decision to make. Um, But this is my way to get back into it. Um, But after playing, I coached at Colorado with Eric bien as an office assistant, like a quality control position and from there I went to the University of Pittsburgh and was with the football team as a strength and conditioning coach uh, so that's my coaching
1: experience. Do you do you miss that would you have rather that worked out or do you are you one of those people that uh, you know things happen for a reason and you're doing what you should be doing?
0: Well I mean I think I'm doing what I should be doing right now working with you know younger athletes and helping them reach their goals. Um, of course, you know, that's always a great opportunity. And if something came along, we'll have to definitely consider it. Uh, but this is the next closest thing. And, um, you know, you're impacting players and athletes at a young age.
1: What, um, I guess, what do you miss about being involved in the game itself, though? the game of football, you're getting guys ready to play the game, but you're not, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, you're not, there's no, you know, you're not looking at game plans or, and things like that. Uh It's not, it's not like hands-on football.
0: I mean, I guess I would say, I think, you know, like what most guys say is being around the guys and in that, in that culture and environment, whether it was at Iowa or, you know, with the Vikings, uh, a lot of these Football programs and organizations, they're ran, they run very tight ships. So, the, you know, so being around that is what I think, you know, I miss the most. You know, whether, you know, it carries over to everyday life, anything like that, if that makes any sense.
1: Well, it makes a lot of sense. And, um,
0: you, you get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. And, you mm-hmm. know, are you, are, are you of the, um, you know, approach these days that, You know, you're wide open, keeping your eyes open for opportunities, whatever can come along. I mean, are you pretty um, open to what the future could bring for you?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm still in touch with guys. A lot of my buddies, you you know, coaching at the college, NFL level, guys are getting, you know, some, you know, promotions, things like that. So I'm staying in a mix like that at all times. But, you know, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And if anything happens, whether it's college pro coaching uh cross that bridge when it comes
1: so let's go back to kind of um kind of when you uh were, were being recruited and, and uh your your high school career um, you know at what point did you feel like hey um you know, I, I know most most high school players, and even younger than that, dream of playing major college football. Mm-hmm. At what point did you realize that uh, that could be, you know, a reality for you?
0: Um, third grade, really. Um, and I remember specifically because there's a school picture, class picture, and I had a Florida State shirt on, <laughs> and that, that was my goal from, from, at least in third grade. But I knew it was, you know realistic after you played and you kind
1: of like compare yourself to your peers. Florida state. So was that the Dion effect?
0: I think it was the work done effect. Okay. And I actually, I actually ran into him not too long ago. I think I might've mentioned it to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, And you played at, uh, you know, at a, a, you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but uh, a high school that uh, is, uh, it's a strong community, obviously, in Morristown, New Jersey. Uh, For those that don't Mm. know, uh, it's pretty close to Philly. It's in that South Jersey area that you and I were talking about earlier. Um, How did you end up kind of at that high school, and how did that help develop you? I
0: just grew up in Moorstown my entire life. Um, but, I mean, tremendously. The school system in Moore Sound prepares you to move on to college. I think it made the transition, like, smooth for me. Um, I was expecting college to be a little more, you know, a little more to it. But then again, football has all the assistance in the world, so who knows if it's whether that or – but Moore Sound definitely prepares you, like, to be ready for college. I mean, you know, I want to take that back for
1: anything. Um, when did uh when did the recruiting really start to pick up for you? When um you were you were pretty successful early on in your high school career, but when did, you know, um things are different now. I mean, kids are getting offers now we're Yeah. 7th grade, but when, when did uh oh, things start to Trust
0: pick me, up? I know. <laughs> I I train them. <laughs> um Yeah, um, I would say I I got recognition for being like a sophomore All-American in high school. Mm -hmm. So, like, right after that, definitely, you know, going into my junior year, started to pick up real heavy Um, and, you know, just took off from there. That was a great time.
1: 50, 5, yards in, in high school, man. That has got to put some miles on your tires.
0: You know what? I think I had more, though, too. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I had that much many carries in high school, though, actually, compared to most guys that had those type of numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, took quite a few carries in college,
1: but yeah.
0: it's all part of the job.
1: What, um, so let's go through the recruitment a little bit. What schools, I mean, obviously you had had opportunities all over the country. Um, What do you remember about that time and trying to kind of sift through and find out what was the best fit for you?
0: Um, It came down to relationships. And once you actually got in front of the people. um, Wisconsin offered me early or earlier, and I committed to them. Um, right there, and that's that was primarily because you know they have the base here with Ron Dane and New Jersey running backs, and um, uh, their running back coach is great. Um, but Iowa kind of stepped in because uh, Coach Darrell Wilson, he he has ties here in South Jersey, and everyone you know I spoke to, they had great things to say about him, and then you meet Coach Ferentz. Um, and then the opportunity to play, and it just worked out because Iowa was bringing in so many Jersey guys as well, and guys that I actually, you know, knew from high school. Um, and then that whole Orange Bowl year, that that really put it over the top. Uh, I remember James Townsend, um, with to Iowa as well, um, when C.J. Jones took that kick return back against USC. Uh, he called me up, and I was like, "What's up?" And he was like, "We're going to Iowa." and and it kind of and it kind of almost like put it over over the top
1: Yeah. when when did you what what uh, grade were you when you committed to Wisconsin
0: I think I was doing some time during my junior season
1: okay yeah
0: towards that and how long were you
1: committed to them before you went decommitted and uh, went to Iowa or chose Iowa
0: I guess it was a pretty good bid. Um, I would say probably most of my junior year, and then Iowa. I signed with them. You know, that was really like last—not last second, but it was at the last moment.
1: Um, was that was that hard, Albert? That you kind of had built that relationship. You talked about the running back coach at Wisconsin and kind of with that staff. Was that? I, I I mean, you're you're a young guy. That's got to be, I don't know. A little
0: bit uh, yeah. difficult. Yeah, because you give your commitment to someone. And now looking back at, you know, someone that was in coaching and, you know, now, now you really have a respect for what those guys do because their livelihoods, you know, depend on, you know, these guys signing with their schools and things like that. So I feel kind of bad that way. But Wisconsin had so many running backs at the time. Mm-hmm. It's not like I was concerned with competition but it's like, why go there when they had like six guys and Iowa had, uh, Jamel and Fred to, to, um, older backs. So it was just a matter of time. So that really put it over. was just to get on the field. Real.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this before and I've written about this before, but, um, now we get to put it on audio. Um, the, uh, the the call the the letting Barry Alvarez know that you were decommitting. Uh, let's let's hear that story. Tell us that story.
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't. It man, it's it was more of I, I mean I told him and um, you, you know he was just kind of you know he wasn't like too excited about it, but <laughs> it was, there was there was an article there was an article after there was another player last name Love. Uh, who decommitted them with the Michigan State and there was some line in there talking about those guys don't usually pan out something along those lines. It was good motivation though because I kept it in my locker my entire career at Iowa. So that was that was always nice. But no, nah, it was nothing against them. It was just it was I Iowa was the best fit for me. And that's what it came down to. And Wisconsin had like six, seven backs.
1: So Barry said that guys that decommit usually don't pan out. Was that kind of the gist of uh, what the quote was in the article?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, I I had to go grab it.
1: (laughs) Uh, So you you talked about Coach Wilson and a great guy. I really enjoyed getting to know him when he was out here, and I'm still friends with him on some social media platforms and converse with him every now and then. And uh, he coached at Woodrow Wilson, right? before. Mm-hmm. Yep. So strong roots back there. What what was it about him and, and your relationship with him that kind of uh that kind of spoke to you?
0: I don't think it was really my my mentor vouched for him. Okay. And you know, adults in our area that I know vouch for him. And that's it. I mean, in in the entire recruiting process going somewhere where you actually trust the coaches, I still talk to Coach Wilson to this day. That's proof of it. I think we spoke last week, two weeks ago. That's That says everything about a coach and their relationship with their players, I think. Um, and I felt comfortable with him. My mentor said, you know, they all gave him the okay. And that, you know, good coach, good team, good school. <laughs> it was easy.
1: And what was Coach Erb the running back coach then?
0: No, he wasn't.
1: Was, coach Jackson.
0: Um, coach Jackson.
1: Yeah. Okay, how how did he figure into the recruitment and and kind of what were your thoughts about playing for him? Because you did mention the Wisconsin running back coach as somebody you connected with.
0: Well, Co- Coach Jay, his well as a running back, just going down a list of guys he coached. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he he got your respect before you even. You know, met him because obviously you met C- Coach Wilson first, you know, because he's here, and then you go out there. He coached guys like Ricky Williams, uh, Roger Craig, I believe, um, and he's been all over the place. Um, and he, you know, he was, you know, he was like family, you know. Iowa. He was like, you know, somebody you could talk to about anything. And Coach Jackson is another coach that I'll talk to here and there still to this day. Uh, so th- those are guys that make impacts
1: on your lives, yeah. Um, and then Coach Ferrens, like first impression of him, I'm sure did he do an in home with you during the recruiting process, sit down with you and, and kind of uh I don't know, share his vision.
0: Yeah, at that time Iowa was really hot and uh Coach Ferrance was you know still is, you know, he was a really up and coming coach, hot coach. So um the thought of, you know, playing for, you know, he was a younger coach. Um uh, and we knew they did with the offensive line. I, well, I knew what they did with the offensive line at Iowa. So, um, Coach Ferentz is his usual self. Uh, he is what, you know, you know, cool, calm, and collected. My mom liked <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, um, you show up at Iowa, like you said, the, the depth chart's not real stacked at that point. Um hmm what, what was it like first getting on, you know, getting, joining the team, um, you know, that first year, you, you know, there was obviously an opportunity there for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, th- well, I mean, them, they were stacked, you know, across the line, you know, when we were coming in. So, well, I know I had a setback with Fred and Jamel initially, but I was ready to go. Um, I was prepared, um, like, mentally i was ready to go i I need to get used to the speed of the game really and then once you nail that down and then uh you're good
1: what did you kind of learn that first year
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you'll hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
1: and that is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is and not as uh, simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I learned patience and uh, because I, I had that injury, right. uh, I broke my fibula. So... Um, I spent so much time just rehabbing my first year. um, I realized that, you know, this thing is going to be tough. You know, my path wasn't going to be smooth as I thought it was going to be. Uh, So I spent more time trying to get back in the game. So I I ain't really – that was the only thing on my mind my first year.
1: And then, obviously, uh, 2004, um, you know, that the opportunity there. And then, you know, again, the the injury. um, Mm -hmm. What – what are your memories from that season? Such a special season, but obviously bittersweet with, you know, what you had to go through.
0: <laughs> it was just really like, is this really, you know, when is this thing going to get started? You know, meaning like, when is my career going to get started? Right. Cause I played two games that, um, uh, yeah, I tore my ACL and you know, things, you know, I felt like it was going to be a good year and, um, uh, it was just, man, I was tested. Like, patience was everything. You know, teammates were encouraging. Coach Doyle and the, those guys, the rehab guys were great. So if it wasn't for them, you know, there, there's times that, you know, you want to put your head down. And it was just, you know,
1: you want to join your boys. What, What? I mean, beyond, beyond the injuries and the unfortunate, you know, situation you were in, were you still able to enjoy that season? I mean, that was a special season, especially, you know, the ending, you know, the how, how iconic that ending is, is in Iowa history. Um, just, just a really memorable season. Yeah,
0: to be a part of it, for sure. Um, I mean, just, because you'll see all the classic games on ESPN. Like, right. now looking back at it, like being older, but be honest, in that moment, as a competitor you just want to get out there. Be honest. like yeah it did, because you always remember you didn't play. you know no yeah. matter what but it was yeah it was it was a great time but that was my second injury it, i it, it was all about getting back on the field, you know, cuz i ain't have anything to do with it on the field.
1: last big 10 championship for Iowa football a long time ago
0: that was it? That was the last one?
1: That's the last one. And things are different now because you got to split divisions and, the you know, the, the championship game where you got to beat Ohio
0: State.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to.
0: <laughs>
1: so, yeah. yeah. That was a crazy year, though, Albert, because um, I don't know what got <laughs> into the water in the running back room, man, but you guys were just – you guys were just desperate <laughs> that year. Everybody got
0: Dropping. hit. Dropped. Drive like fly. I'm telling you, those guys played great. Drew Drew, Drew Tate, he led the team and Sam Brownley, those guys came in and um you had well no Schnorr got hurt as well. Marcus Simmons, he he had to come in and take over. That it yeah. was a wild <laughs> year,
1: but we won. Yeah, Simmons got hurt too. I mean, all you guys were thing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was the uh, – kind of what was the, the offseason like after that and then going into 2005 when you finally were able to be healthy uh, and get yourself on the field? You guys had a good team?
0: hmm Well, I mean, I, to be able to, you know, once I get, like, past a few games, I'm like, relief, like I made it <laughs> this far. <laughs> but it was, it was definitely rejoiceful, man, to finally have a season like that and actually perform well. Um, it was like, okay, all the hard work was worth it. Um, but that team, you know, you had, you had Drew, Yonda, Elgin. Now, I don't want to keep naming people want to miss someone, but we definitely had some players on that squad.
1: Yeah, that was one of those seasons where the toss-up games didn't go your way to, on a lot of occasions. Um, game at Northwestern comes to mind.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That was that was a tough one. Yeah,
0: I, yeah
1: with the kick and everything. Yep. You know. um, but, I mean, you had to have felt some gratification there, being out two years and working your ass off to get back on there, and then you lead the Big Ten in rushing. Um, let's, I'm looking up your stats now. 249 for 1334, eight touchdowns, 5.4 carry. 24 catches uh, for 244. I mean, that's a that's a heck of a year, man. Eight total touchdowns. Um, that had to be satisfying that all that work to get back on the field paid off.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, because you put in the work for it. Um, but, yeah, man, you know, you just keep yeah, saying goals and, you know, I wanted to, you know, lead the country if possible. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was definitely, grat- you know, there was definitely gratification when it happened. Man.
1: And then, unfortunately, that was the healthiest. That was the peak of your health in college, man. <laughs> you gotta, know, right? kind of deal with uh, bumps, bruises, all kinds of shit the last two years of your career. Um, I don't know. You, you Still you feeling know, it. You had Damien Sims helping you kind of, you guys working together, could one-two punch. What were those last two years like for you in college?
0: The last two, well, I know junior year I had a few injuries yep. as well. So, I missed. it was – man, now that I think about it, I was banged up, man.
1: Yeah, um I don't think you were healthy those last two years. I mean, 2007 you were healthier, but I, you could tell you weren't
0: 100%. Yeah, so, I mean, once again, just fighting, <laughs> trying to stay healthy. That, that was my That was my fight my last two years um getting treatment, spent so much time over there with Russ and Paul. You know, I got to know those guys um real well. Um but yeah, it was just constant fight, you know, keep training and, and you know, making sure I could play.
1: What do you think were some of the um hurdles or, or stumbling blocks you guys couldn't clear, Albert, those I mean, 2006 was a struggle, and you still almost beat Texas in the Alamo Bowl, and then 2007, you guys miss a bowl game. Um, To me, and and maybe I'm off base on this, but it didn't seem like you guys played up to your potential with the talent you guys had.
0: Man, I I tell you, I I still sit back and think about that myself. I can't really pinpoint one thing. Um, Senior class was small my senior year. We We were a young team. Yeah. Because um, you can see quite a few of those guys, Balaga, you know, I had him when he was young.
1: Yeah. Um
0: guys like that, you know, they were just pups and then you know they blossom a little bit. It's just it's hard to pinpoint, man. Uh and the day we got beat. <laughs> and that's on the seniors, that's on myself. Uh I should have stayed on the field more, you know.
1: I know you've talked to me about this before. I think it was Central Michigan the last game of the season to, to get into a bowl game and just kind of that, you know, as much work as you guys put in to walk off the field for your last game, um, you know, and, and you have to deal yeah, with now, it. That's got to be tough.
0: That was demoralizing. That one hurt. I'm not going to lie. That, that last game and late in that game, I remember, you know, we were straining to get out of there with a win and, uh, fell short. Um, so that, that one, you know, that was my point where I knew it was like, yeah, college is over, (laughs) but, uh, that, that was tough right there not making a bowl game that last
1: year. How do you look back Albert overall at your college career? Obviously, I know you have, you know, fondness for, for Iowa and, uh, you know, the university and the football program, but, um, you know, it, yeah, I think it's probably like this for a lot of guys, man. It's there are ups and downs for everybody. No 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 none of these none of these trips are, are completely smooth. But overall, how do you look back at that time?
0: I love it, man. My experience at Iowa was awesome, man. the, the people, um, teammates, coaches, everything. I wanna I wanna take it back because that adversity it prepares you for the crap you're gonna run into in life. It really does when you uh, get knocked down and you find yourself going back to those memories, like I've been through this, you know? So, I mean, you don't want to take, that's what it was supposed to be.
1: Yeah. And I think what gets lost in this. And I remember talking to guys that were on, you know, the 99 and 2000 teams and kind of how they were, You know, you go through peaks and valleys sometimes as a program, and those guys were helping build and pave the way for what was going to come. And you talk about your last year in 2007, it wasn't what you guys wanted, but you guys were, you know, starting to kind of lay that foundation again for what would happen in 2008 and then 2009. Do you kind of look back at it that way?
0: I do at times because at the time I wasn't – even though we were – a younger team, in that moment, it was all, you know, you
1: yeah, you're you trying want, to win that. You don't want to, you like, don't want to hear
0: about Yeah, it. I'm not, <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking about a foundation. Right. You know, and, right. you know, now it got me thinking about it, you know. You didn't make a bowl game my senior year. Um, and Just a competitor in you, you know.
1: <laughs> but you think about well, it, like, all, all the guys that were young on that team from – you know, Mitch King and Matt Kroll and Pat Angerer and guys that couldn't – weren't helping you as much in that 2007 season as what would happen down the road, you know, sometimes it's just the luck of the draw.
0: Mm, I will tell you this. You know, so, you know, some of those guys I still talk to, like DJ K's class, those guys, and, right. uh, you know, so, you know, I guess in that aspect, you say, yeah, we laid a foundation for sure. Because some of those guys were like, yeah, we looked at you guys, how y'all work, things like that. So, yeah, you could say that. But in that moment, you weren't really thinking about rebuilding.
1: Yeah, you don't want to hear that when you're walking off the field after losing your last game and I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, after that, kind of um, you, uh, you refocus your attention, You know, your your vision on professional football. What was that training like with Coach Doyle, and then you know getting a chance with the Vikings?
0: Going going into the league, like the pre pre like the draft, yeah, just ready
1: for the NFL, and then you know taking that next step, making that jump, making it to the league that you probably dreamed about playing in for most of your life.
0: Man, be honest, it happened so quick because your season ends, then you got to get into training, um. it it almost just like flows into it. Um, But the routine is you're doing your regular training. You're just preparing for the test and you know, you're on campus doing that. And it really happens real quick, man. It's not really like some, you know, exotic process. Uh, You know, like even my girl was just asking like, what was that process like? I'm like, really isn't all that crazy. (laughs) You just train and, you know, see what happens and, what happened on draft day was obviously they didn't get drafted late in the draft. And then um, as a free agent, you know, you start getting your calls. Browns called, Likings called, and uh, Eric Bien and me, you know, I, he actually recruited me out of high school to go to Colorado. And, you know, I thought that was a good fit with the opportunity there with their running back. So I chose to go there and just get back to work.
1: What was that
0: running back like in Minnesota when you got there? Oh, it was fun. Chester Taylor, Adrian Peterson, fullback Nafi Huhtahi, a guy named Ian Johnson. Um, It was great. Toby Gerhart. It was was nice to play with guys that you actually followed. Like, I followed Chester Taylor. He was a good friend of mine out there. You know, I looked up to him out there. Um, And then to see Adrian up front in person – to see how he goes about his business. I mean, looking back on that squad, there were so many Hall of Famers and all pro guys on that team. So I was fortunate to play on that team at that time also.
1: Um, it's so hard to, to, to get an opportunity, though. It, you know, you think about all the really great players and running backs that are in college, and then you <laughs> compress them into the NFL – And then, you know, limited amount of carries. What was it like trying to break through, trying to get your, you know, get yours?
0: You know, Asian was a full-time bat. So, you know, you get to, you get to the time at the end of my contract, pretty much when it comes renew time, you know, it's almost cheaper to replace you because then you're getting that veteran minimum, and all of that, it's cheaper just to get a college kid. Meanwhile, yeah, you're in the league at that time. Yeah, it's all good. But there's not enough tape of you actually running the ball. Right. And that, what, there's really nothing you can – that's at least how I took it, you know. And, you know, Adrian's not getting off the field. So there's no shame in that. But that NFL, you know, it's not, it's not going to last forever. So – Like, breaking in, like, my next move was probably, like, working on my next contract, trying to get seen by other teams. But I'll be a fool to sit there and say you're going to go in there and take a big bite of Adrian Peterson's carries. Because Chester took a cut in carries, you know. Yeah. So, special teams, do your job, play your role. Um, When you get called on, you know, some games, I guess technically against the Saints, I did start. (laughs) <laughs> the package first you know, first couple plays were um a package that I was in. But nah, that's just part of the game. Football's a business. Straight up.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we talk about timing <laughs> being everything. Um if you were playing now, you'd probably get more of an opportunity because now teams are using, you know, multiple backs. Oh yeah. Anymore. There aren't the, oh, yeah. there aren't the bell cows that there used to be.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, because, yeah, there's so many guys getting carries now. But, I, hey, that's what happens with the times.
1: So, you get to, you, in 2011, you were in Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. What, what were, I can't, were, you know, kind of refresh my memory what what happened at those two places? Jacksonville was
0: just, um, and the camp, and they had some injuries. Like, I don't think there was much you know, I, I wasn't expecting to make that team, mm-hmm. you know, because of the timing, but you you got to get back in the mix. Um, and then sat out pretty much. And then uh, the Steelers called. I sat out the entire year and stopped training and everything. And then they called me up and that's the year um had to playoff game against the Broncos and Tebow beat the Steelers. So that was just like more like a practice squad than theirs. Mm-hmm. And that was it happens quick.
1: What's uh what I guess led to you deciding to, to uh to move on with your life and not try to keep pursuing that that dream in the NFL?
0: You know, you just kinda know. People ask me that all the time. You just know. And you just don't get any more calls. So it's not really that for me it was I knew it was time for me to go do something else. That wasn't uh difficult it was just finding something you can sink your teeth into either
1: which is the process i was uh i did one of these with uh drew tate several weeks ago and uh one of the stories that uh, is (laughs) that stands out the most to me and, and people try to get to the bottom of is when he and matt roth uh Mixed it up in practice. Were you at that practice? And do you I, remember that? I think I remember
0: vaguely. I remember vaguely. Yeah, those two guys. I played with Rolf with the Jaguars, actually. He was there. It's hilarious. He said something so funny, man. <laughs> I yeah, you
1: played, with, you played with some characters, man, at Iowa. Do you have any good stories oh, to share that you can share without getting yourself in trouble?
0: yeah right now I can't but <laughs> no <laughs> well yeah, I yeah we we have a bunch of stories, just well, yeah, I can't get into it, man, Nothing, anything worthwhile, I can't say <laughs>
1: <laughs> who are you still close with who who do you still stay in regular contact from your Iowa days? <sighs> man, Miguel
0: Merrick, I just got off the phone with him. he called um unfortunately, former teammate George Eshateri, who came in the years. With us, he just passed, uh, so that's really? why he called. Yeah, yup, yeah,
1: yeah. I hadn't heard um, about that. What happened?
0: You know what? I'm just waiting to get all the details on that. Someone said the virus, but you can't go around, you know. But yeah. that happened. Um, uh, Champ, Champ Davis, that's my boy, Calvin Davis, Chris Brevy, um, geez, a bunch of guys, actually. Drew Gardner. Wow. Uh, the bunch of the Jersey guys, yeah, we all we're all a tight bunch. A lot of the former Hawkeye players, and and you build connections actually uh, with the old, more of the older guys when you're done, like guys that you heard
1: heard of, you know, when you're at Iowa. So a bunch of us we still communicate like on social media. What is it, Albert, about that bond that you guys build in college?
0: It's because you know it was pure. Um, I, that, that's what I think it is, guys. I mean, like just you know the camaraderie with your boys. Um, and looking back, just I mean, just bleeding, sweating together. The, those 55s we ran in the heat with Coach Doyle. If I if I run into any Iowa Hawkeye players, you tell me you played at Iowa. It's like I already know what type of person you are, or I have an idea. I know you're a hard worker. <laughs> I know you ain't afraid to get after it. I know that for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, what's it like for you on, on Saturdays now in the fall? At least what it used to be. We'll have to see what happens with this virus and if the season's when it's gonna happen. Um, but do you still kind of do you still tune in to Iowa Games and still have pride for for watching your alma mater? Of course, man. You catch me on social media. Well,
0: what usually happens on Saturday is I'm hoping it's on ESPN or Fox or something because sometimes it'll be on a random channel out here at the Iowa games mm-hmm. and it takes you about a quarter to find it through the <laughs> schedule. And That that gets annoying. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that gets annoying. That'd be the main day because I'll miss like half a game and I'm like, oh, there's channel 1000. Uh, but uh, just catching up with Kyle's games, and I really like. I, I'm really more into NFL games. Iowa NFL games, some NFL, some some SEC teams.
1: Yeah, it's kind of cool. With I think that's a a cool part of of you know being part of the Iowa program is they got you know they do a, good, a such a good job of developing guys for the NFL. A lot of times you throw a game on, you're like, oh, well, man, there's an Iowa guy, or you know, there's an mm-hmm. Iowa, guy and so that's. That's kind of that connection, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, Iowa guys all over in the league now. That's credit to the staff.
1: All right, Albert. Well, I think that's a, a probably a good place for us to wrap up. I've, I've kept you long enough. And uh, all right. it was good to, good to talk to you. And uh, I appreciate uh, everybody out there listening to the podcast. And check out our podcast feed for various podcasts on Hawkeye Sports.